Thanks for tuning in. This is You Should Try Listening. Hello, everyone. You are tuned in to You Should Try Listening. I'm your girl, Lauren, and our co-host is the beautiful, the sensational, the (laughs) dynamic, the revolutionary. Oh, no. (laughs) It's Sierra. Who's that girl? <laughs> dun, 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 dun. <laughs> you are the dancing queen. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> I love you. We're going to have an interesting um, wrap up the season episode. We've been through a whole season. Season one is complete. And so we thought today we talk about family. True. That's a good way to unload. Yeah, I feel like it's a it's a healthy ending to the season. I mean, first off, Sierra and I are members of the same family but we've got we've got different uh different views on on our family and uh i just thought you know what let's just do it it's heavy i'm not gonna lie to you guys it's heavy because there are family topics that people just would rather not talk about because if you talk about it then you have to recognize that it's real and if you have to recognize it's real you have to either make a decision to change something or you have to decide that you're someone who doesn't care enough to change it and then what does that say about you true this all comes back to three fingers pointing at you you have power here even though you don't get to choose your family you definitely you have to just decide how they are or how they show up in your life or if they show up. Well, that's kind of funny that you brought that up because your fiance, Greg, doesn't, wouldn't you say he chose, I mean, I know he has family, he has sisters and stuff like that, but he also has a group of people that he refers to as family that aren't his family, right? True. I think, yeah, your friends, your support system after a while become family. And that was a blessing for him. That makes sense. And I have the same situation. Like I have adopted certain people into my life as part of my family. And it's been a blessing because those people, I needed those people. And those people filled in for me because members of my family weren't there. But man, this is so honest. I feel like it's become so clear to me since building my own family with my husband and my son. It's become so clear to me that for years I was searching for replacements for mm. my family. Um, I look at all the people who have adopted. I mean, you've met them. Like, I mean, you've not met Deb, but you've heard about Deb. You've heard about Barb and Doug. You, you know Chuck. I was going to say Chuck. <laughs> <laughs> and I think about them and what they mean to me. And I, I, it's become so, so clear that, that for years I was just like, I needed a dad and my dad couldn't be relied on. And at the time I didn't have a father-in-law, so I had Chuck. It's also just having someone in your circle who can give you adult grounded perspective on things when you're just being young and ridiculous, you know, I've always appreciated just having like reasonable people around (laughs) Yeah, with good intentions, both of those people, I feel like have always just wanted your best, like one of the best for you, I should say. Yeah, they all have. I mean, Barb and Doug, um, I think I've mentioned them on a previous episode because they're the ones that taught me about, you know, fresh meat and fresh eggs and all that stuff. But there was a time where I had nowhere to go. I was 24. I had nowhere to go. And they took me in like I lived with them. And they were just like, yeah, 
no problem. And I just thought, you know, I like to think that because of all of these experiences where people have stepped in to be my family, where I didn't have family, that I will definitely be that for people in the future. I don't ever want any young person to feel like they don't have anywhere to go. True. Definitely pay that forward. And I love how, you know, the universe or God sent kind of messengers to make sure you were, you stayed on track, even if your your track was to kind of make some mistakes and wind around, like it still was able to get you into where you were supposed to be. And man, that's awesome. Definitely. No, I couldn't agree more. But that's just my little, you know, creating family. But, you know, we've got a whole, we've got real family, you know, we've got, <laughs> we've got blood. <laughs> Actually, this, this um, topic came right right on time. It's really freaky. So I was looking at a picture and I didn't know who the woman in the picture was. I was at my grandparents. They said that was my aunt Scott, who is my grandma's grandma. And I freaked out. I was like, hang on, that would make her my great, great grandma. <laughs> That's amazing. And and then I, I pulled the picture out and it was freaky, really freaky because in the picture frame was a card meant for Amber for like her birthday, her 12th birthday. 15 years ago, I was like, what is going on right now? So I fell down the rabbit hole of like, let me take the time to learn my grandma's side of the the family. I mean, I kind of just know who her dad was and she mentions her mom a lot. And then all the other names, because I wasn't able to meet them, kind of fell by the wayside. I ended up getting a picture of her mom and then obviously her grandma. I saw a picture of her. Then I saw a picture of her grandma's mom. And then her grandma's mom before that, who is named after her, her mom is named after her. So it was able to go back like great, 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 great grandma. And I was like, oh my gosh. And then I was looking at Anna, my great, 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 great grandma. And when I tell you, it was so eerie. It was one of those kind of sepia looking pictures. It was just, man, her eyes just looked like <laughs> she didn't seen some shit. And one, she was, <laughs> you know, fair complected. And I remember my grandma saying that like, we have like Choctaw, Native American in our family way, way back. So I was asking my cousin about it. I'm like, is this where that that site was coming from? And he actually was just like, no, this was, the, she was actually the product of rape. She was enslaved um, or her mom was enslaved. She was the pro- um, the byproduct of, of that. And I was just like, whoa, that is so freak. Like I used to always have like thoughts, like what if, you know, yada, yada, yada. Like I knew that was a common thing, but I don't know why in my mind, I just assumed my family skirted past. <laughs> I'm like, we're all like very chocolate people. So I'm like, oh, I'm, they always say like, we were, we were in Chicago so early. I forget that chances are, were that we were enslaved at one point and to find that the generation and they able to see it, like that's just so crazy. <sighs> that's interesting that she told you that we have Choctaw. I I haven't done, I, I can't tell you that I've done all of our family history because that's not a thing, but I have gone pretty far on our grandma's side. So we share a grandma and I've been able to go back as far as 1792. Wow. Ooh, Jesus. So that's really interesting. I'll have to go back and look and see if I have any Choctaw or anything anywhere between us and the last person I found was someone named Elizabeth Bradley in 1792. Well, I found out, I don't know if the Choctaw thing is true because my grandma was saying that when I was younger, 
like, oh, we have Choctaw, mm-hmm. but I don't know if she was covering up the fact that that was actually, okay, you know what I mean? Okay. <laughs> like a dilution from... Did I ever tell you about the time I was... So I was at Barb and Doug's and I was doing all this work. I was finding all these names and I would be in my room like for hours, just like finding names, you know, just getting these people ready to be sealed to their families because, I mean, they've been dead for years and years and years. And as far as I know, I'm the first LDS person in our line. And so I'm like, okay, so they've been waiting like for someone and that someone is me. So I got to do this work. Mm. So I found hundreds of names. Like I was always at the temple, right? And I've got this stack of names. I'm in my room working. And then, um, It's like I'd find someone and then I'd find the sibling of that person or I'd find the baby of that person or, you know, so it just kept going. And Barb walked into the room. I think it, I don't know what she was doing. Like, I'm not, I'm not one of those people that's like, you open the door and I'm like, why are you in my room? But um, (laughs) she walked into the room and she wanted to say something. She's like, whoa, what are you doing in here? And I was like, just family history. And she was like, oh, and Barb is one of those people that's like, I don't know if she considers herself an empath, but she has always just been able to pick up on Ugh, I love that spirits and stuff. I don't know. I didn't love it sometimes. <laughs> What's wrong? Like, Maybe not you feel right happy. now, Barb. <laughs> well, she came in and she's like, what are you doing in here? And I told her, I was like, yeah, I'm just doing family history, finding all those names. And she just goes, almost like a matter of fact, like she just goes, oh, that makes sense. It feels crowded in here. Ooh. And just leaves. Ooh. Freaky. Okay. <laughs> I know. Can you imagine trying to just live a normal life? And she says like that stuff to you and you're just like, oh. And then you picture all these people looking over your shoulder like, hey, that's my brother. That's yeah, my brother. Right? <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. That is, all, that's, wow. Wow. I think you you have explained to me what bringing them to the temple, those names, let the audience know, because it is really cool. Is that allowed to be shared? How to, being LDS, something that we uh, take very seriously in our doctrine is the fact that families can be together forever. You know, a lot of people, uh, when they are married, part of what is said by the person doing the wedding is until death do you part. And in our religion, in our church, you have the opportunity to be married and sealed for time and all eternity. So like in a temple, one of the things you can do is like be sealed on behalf of people who are dead. And as the only member that I know of, in my line, besides my son, I take that responsibility on to bring my family together on the other side, if that makes sense. So I picture a lot of them just like kind of waiting. They've just been waiting. And I'm sure time, I mean, time is something that exists here. And so I don't know how it works over there, like how long it feels like they've been waiting. They've been dead for at least a hundred years. So when I do their family history, when I find who their wife was or who their kids were or whatever, I take it to the temple and I'm sealed on their behalf to their spouse and to their children so that they can be together on the other side. And I, I really, really love that about our doctrine. And I love that I have the opportunity to just like be a helping hand in helping you know, my lineage be together. Mm, yeah, that's beautiful. So it's just been, I mean, it's a lot of people <laughs> just like eye-opening. Some people, you know, like I was saying, Delilah, she's had such an intense vibe mm. and I was so happy to take her. T- it was almost like her spirit was like, when I found her, she's like, yeah, I've been waiting. Let's yeah. go. <laughs> kind of like that. Like, go find my kids. You know what I mean? Like, it felt very just like intense. Uh, like the 
There's um, a little gratitude, but mostly it's like, I knew you were coming. What took you so long? Let's get this going. <laughs> but for real, it's like she saw me find her and she'd just been eyeballing me ever since. Like, you, okay, let's go. Let's go. Get my, get my family. Get my, get my brother. Get my, you know, all that stuff. So, yeah, she's, she was with me, I felt like, for a while. I found Delilah. Her last name is Williamson. Williamson. Oh, she wasn't that far away then. Because we definitely, I definitely remember Williamson's being talked about oh i can share it with you oh girl so this is delilah wow she's stunning she is stunning delilah wow she is giving me josephine baker vibes i'm glad you are mixed um... with that madam cj walker <laughs> energy where it's like uh-uh this is gorgeous though wow okay serving face finding light <laughs> if you don't know where you came from you don't know where you're going i thought you were gonna say if you don't know that now too. you know <laughs> Delilah taught me Amen. If you don't know, now you know. Amen. <laughs> now you got sayings from her. You've seen her face for five seconds. Now you got a catchphrase from her. I carry you with me. Well, you're a new aunt. Present relationships with family. <laughs> How does that feel, auntie? A new... Um, I don't feel like a new aunt because I... I mean, I kind of like came into this family four years ago and there were kids, so I... I was an aunt. Like, boop, you're an aunt. <laughs> it's cool. I mean, new aunt as in, like, you have a new addition to uh, nephews or nieces. <laughs> Wait, Christian, Caden, or I guess Kirsten. Kirsten's Caden? Oh, is I guess he so. I saw that this morning from um, your mom. She said, I'm a grandma again. Caden's here. I was like, oh, I love the name. When you said Caden's here, I thought you said Cadence. Like, like um, oh, transparency. Oh, like, come like, on. I be thought you were like, Caden's here. Yeah, <laughs> no. yeah. Yeah, I thought that's what you were saying. I'm like, I thought I was. Okay. This is the part of family that is not so fun to talk about, but that doesn't really feel like anything to me because my brother and I don't have a relationship. And so as cool as I think it is that he's got another son, and I'm sure that boy is beautiful, it feels like you're this, you know, the kind of friend you had from high school had another baby. Oh, and you're like, oh, yeah, cool. Yeah. No, I get that. I mean, I gotta, I, I sometimes, I used to do this a lot when I was younger where it's, there would be a, a wavering bridge. The bridge is hanging on by nothing. And then something would happen in the person's life where I felt like, okay, this is going to repair the bridge. And so I would try to cross it to, to be there for the other person. And I'm like, regret. <laughs> That that's not what that meant. Instant, instant regret. Me an olive branch of like, okay, this is this is what you guys can use to. But no, that's not what that was. You know, sometimes you can just be happy from afar. Yeah. You don't have to take me a minute to learn that. <laughs> yeah, I'm happy he's healthy. I mean, I'm I'm assuming he's healthy. I'm happy he's born. That's kind of all I've got. <laughs> true, true. Another boy. So hopefully, this means your next will be a girl. Maybe something. Delilah Klafke. I don't know that for the girl name that we have picked out, I can put Delilah on it, but I wouldn't mind using Delilah somewhere. I sometimes think about my brother and wonder if we're ever going to have a relationship, a, an honest one, or if the next time I hear from him will be because he needs something and he knows that he can lean on this idea of us having a relationship and that that'll make me open up and then he'll ask me for what he needs. Mm. I don't know what state Christian is in right now, but um, I hope it's the best one. <laughs> True. I hope so, too. I mean, you guys have kids so close in age and 
soon you'll be closer to that region of the U.S. And it would be nice if that could be, you know, the relationship that I always kind of pictured for you guys. Yeah, but like what you picture versus like what can happen. Do with this information what you will, listeners. But especially now that I have another family that I've married into that is not perfect. This is not me saying that they're perfect, but they're imperfect the Most way families. Yeah. <laughs> normal families are imperfect. Yeah, there's no you communication I mean? issues like, or like, you know, there's... <laughs> well, there's no like betrayal. There's no dishonesty. There's no manipulation. There's like a little annoyance, maybe. There's inconveniences, but there's nothing that gets to the root of like who people are. And so now that I have them around and we do spend a a lot of time with them, like it's just become so clear to me how damaging the family I came from is. Yeah. No, actually, I I get that. Mm -mm. It's one of those things that actually my premarital counselor brought up. He wants us to do this diagram next week that talks about our family. I guess kind of our family tree and some of the traumas from our family and how it is representing itself in our our lives now, especially when I guess our partners are our biggest triggers to past traumas because we're around them all the time. We have these expectations of them, you know, so they can poke buttons that we didn't know existed or that we thought we were over. And so we wanted to dive into what some of those triggers are by looking at our family dynamics next week. I can only imagine what... <laughs> I'm curious, too, because you you have done a really great job of turning out kind of normal. But when I come to a place in my life where I can recognize disease, if someone's personality or if someone's just like relationship to me feels like a disease, (laughs) I get rid of it. Even though it's been really hard, I think it's been beneficial for me because it helps me make room for other stuff. And make room for other people. Like, I've been able to connect with you, Sierra, way more. We share things. I've been able to have that space. And even, you know, trying to build a relationship with my sister. Because I don't think of you guys in the same bucket as I think of that toxic family that I had to cut out. I think for you, you want to keep the people and somehow distance yourself from the toxicity (laughs) without saying anything about it or do it like i don't really know i don't really know but that's just what it seems like kind of on the head i want to compartmentalize them enough where it's you're not close enough to hurt me but i'm close enough because like i have this weird thing where i i sometimes i get in that space where it's like i remember the bad and i'm like really irritable and like uh, jaded i guess by a person But sometimes it's like it swings really drastically where it's like there was a lot of good, there was a lot of bad, there was a lot of good, there was a lot of bad. So it's not enough for me to cut them off yet. So I kind of just want to restructure them where it's like you're far enough where your toxicity doesn't impact me, but you're close enough where when you're at a good place, we can have this. Like we can, (laughs) we can, we can be in the middle when you're able, you know, like, and I guess that's a little selfish where it's like when you're good, call me. Because I don't have. (laughs) (laughs) When you're in a good place, I love to get together. And then when you start going down your dark path, I just I can't do it with you. I've done it with you for 26 years. Now, um, 
I'm going to need you. I've given you the tools, or at least I try to. And I realize now that sometimes people just have to experience enough pain and it's really their own journey. Like there's nothing like it's not one of those things where you can hurt me enough and that's going to teach you how to be a better person. Like you have to be hurting yourself enough to want to change. Do you do that over there? <laughs> and when, <laughs> when that glimmer Take of your time. You know, the good you comes back out and you feel like that's a good space to reach out to me, then I'm here. <laughs> But unfortunately, that's not realistic because no one is self-aware enough to be like, oh, no, I'm heavy right now. I don't want to put that on Sierra. <laughs> I'm going through a dark place. Let me leave Sierra alone. I no, want her to be I have happy. too many dark phone calls from relatives for that to be the case. But <laughs> And you know what? I'm glad you brought up damn drunk phone calls. I've always loved Sierra, but I had to tell her, like, I need you to not call me. When you've been drinking, okay? So I stopped answering my phone after a certain hour. And it took a while for you to like kind of take me seriously on that. But I think I don't know if you've stopped drinking like that or if you just really have understood the boundary and you just don't call me anymore when well, you're drinking like that. At first it was. I just I understood the boundary and now I'm at a place where I don't drink like that. But at first I think it was I had to realize that even though I don't feel like I'm drunk, I've been drinking and so this is gonna be perceived to Lauren as drunk. And that's not fair to put on her. Cause who you know what I mean? I, I see what that does to conversations and to emotions and to to be on the receiving end. I finally got that. <laughs> and and honestly, like for me, that comes from a place of my dad being drunk all of my teenage years and even a little before then. And like me not being able to get through to him. He's the parent. I'm the kid, but he's drunk. What do I do? Do I just sit here and let him yell at me? I mean, this has gone on even up until, I mean, I was pregnant the last time my dad yelled in my face under the influence. And I was just like, okay, mm. no more of this. Like, I'm better than this. And I'm sorry if you're not better than this, but we're not going to do this ever again. And so because of that, because of him, I do not like having conversations with people when they're drinking. Like, I just can't do it. And that's not to say I don't have friends that don't drink, <laughs> but like, don't call me. I'm not the one. <laughs> I am not going to hoop and holler with you. I'm sorry. That's not going to be the... Well, I'm not going to hoop and holler with you like if it's fun. And I'm also not going to go down like a sad road with you if you're being emotional. Like I I don't want to do it. If you really have something going on with you, how do I say this in a way that's not rude? Put on your big girl pants and call me when you're sober and I will happily go through it with you. Like we will peel back and we will dissect and we will feel all the things together. But if this is drunk, if this is just like a drunk emotional situation... It's true. That damn liquid courage. And it. And at the time you're like, okay, I have the courage now. I'm going to have these conversations and I'm going to get it all out there. But there really is no point to it. I've, I, I think I told you, my mom and I were in this cycle where every weekend we would have this. I don't even know if it was every weekend. It might have just been like Thursday through Sunday. We would, we would drink together. And every night we would get to the point in the night where we would get, you know, all emotional and she would talk about her resentments and her guilt, and I would talk about my resentments and my guilt. And we thought we would, had made some headway. Then Friday would come. We would repeat the same thing. <laughs> we, were, we were just having that is so sad. Because I, mean, I don't even know if we couldn't remember it, if we would just block it out because it was too heavy. But it was just like, it would be gone. And the next day, we'd be right back in that place having that same. And by Sunday, we'd just be too hungover and out of it. It's just like, we'd get, we got nowhere something I've been really focusing on because quite frankly, I feel like my relationship with you is 
uh, it's not going anywhere. But like my sister, I've been trying to build a relationship with my sister and it's been interesting because it's actually kind of funny. I think Sierra has spent more time physically with my sister than I have. And that's just because of circumstances when we were growing up. I lived one place, she lived another place. It's a whole mess. But in our adult years, I have tried to, and I'm still trying to build a relationship with her. But it's hard when, I think we should just be honest about this. It's hard because I think she wants with me what I have with you. Mm. And you and Amber are different people, just completely different people. Yes, we grew up together and like we come from the same family, but like you just are different. And so even if Amber and I do build our own relationship, it's not going to look like this. And I just think there's a level of maturity that comes with understanding that, you know, it's it is. I'm glad you said that, that even though we come from the same family, we we are so different and it's it's crazy because we're all Aries, Aries women <laughs> born within three years of each other, but could not be more different in our approaches, how we digested information, traumas, how we healed, how we, I don't know, what we gravitated to, our interests, like we're, how we communicate, our humors <laughs> on some levels, like we're just. Yeah, we are. We have different sense of humors we have different opinions feel i mean and that's just that just comes with being people like it's okay for us to be different and honestly i think you said we all have traumas i'm not saying i'm completely healed but like i was in therapy for years and i'm still in therapy couples therapy but like those were steps that i took to heal from things that have happened in my childhood or things Mm -hmm. that have happened you know what i mean and so I feel like when you take that responsibility, the responsibility of your own mental health, um, it makes you just like you can digest things and you can come to hard experiences and get through them. And I feel like and so it's hard to connect with someone who bad experiences seem to control how Mm. they see the world. Yeah, I would agree. I think that makes sense. I mean, from you, both of you guys traumas, you know, with parents and what those those figures are supposed to do and help form a child into being and having emotionally and mentally. I, I could see how those could be barriers in your development, not having that. And not even not just having it, but having what you guys had and the problems that were there. And I'm amazed at how how you have, like you said, put in the work to come past it. And I think also I have just a lot of sympathy for it because I don't know. Oof. It's it's heavy. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean Amber has shitty parents. I, this is coming from I am her sister. Okay, we have the same mother, so you know apologies. <laughs> and like Amber has a shitty dad, so like I, she has shitty. I'm laughing. At, I don't know why I'm shitty. like walking around the merry-go-round trying to like word this all like all PC. Like yeah, I mean they were you know problematic and <laughs> no, they were shitty. We have <laughs> shitty parents. It's okay to say. My brother, yeah, we we all went through our own version of what it looks like to have shitty parents. What did I do? I like left at a young age, started my own life and built from there. Amber, I don't really know what Amber did, but from talking to Amber, it sounds like because her parents were shitty, she wanted to lean on me, mm. but I was a child. And then my brother doesn't even realize that my mom is shitty and he has become a shitty person. 
Yeah, I don't know. I, and that's really, that's messed up too. Cause I, when I tell you, I loved your brother's energy at your wedding. Like I felt like, man, I felt so much regret that I hadn't got to know him over the years. I was like committed to breaking my own dysfunctional pattern of not reaching out to folks. And um, maybe it was a blessing in disguise. <laughs> it just seems like we were at different places. <laughs> no, especially now. If he knew, like, I don't know, I hate to point this out. If you did reach out to Christian and try to build some type of relationship, he would yeah. prey on that. And he'd be like, oh, Sierra, she might be able to help yeah, us. She sounds like she's got her stuff together. <laughs> exactly. And I just feel like I shouldn't have to endure that because we yeah, have the no. same mom. Yeah. I mean, if you look at the it's track, just a sad. If history is telling, then the men in our family on this side definitely follow a path, you know, that's in one of three ways. <laughs> Speaking of siblings, like our moms, I think they, the audience knows, I think they get it. Our moms are sisters. My mom is the younger of the two by like what, only a year or two or something. They're pretty close in age, right? And my mom ruined her. Isn't that the story? Or isn't that like the, I don't want to say the narrative because it's, I think your mom has even told me on some level that that's what she thinks. You know, I don't know why it is, but I think every generation has that one person that kind of got it a little harder, you know? And it sounds like from that generation, it was your mom for sure. I think what happens with your mom is, like, I think she has this story made up in her head of, like, who my mom is to her. And so she kind of, like, hates her. Maybe not hate, but, like, she's got a lot of... Yeah. I, so, I, I it almost feels, like, disgust. <laughs> <laughs> At least just from what I feel, like, it comes off as disgust, which is weird because I'm not my mom's biggest fan either. But to hear her own sister be like, ill. <laughs> but then when she gets drunk, it mm. comes off more like guilt. Like there's like a little more empathy there. Like she she gets it or she might feel like she played a, a hand in it. Yeah. Like she didn't just she didn't just end up this way. I wish she would at least under have that understanding and empathy sober for her sister because then maybe that's when healing and conversations can be had and because it's, you know. I, up until them, I never heard of siblings like that. <laughs> like, I've never. For real, me neither. They like, and my, that's the thing. My mom does not respond. Like, when I talk about Juicy, I don't even remember the last time I talked about Juicy with my mom. But it's more like, poor Juicy. Like, not like I hate Juicy. It's like, Juicy's a mess. But, you know, that's my sister. That's kind of the vibe Ooh. I always got from my mom. Jeez. Sounds like a lot of older sister resentment. I don't know if she wasn't there for her or like Juicy blames the way she is because my mom introduced her in some way. I don't really know. But um, but the crazy thing is, no matter how intense it feels, on some level, I feel like Amber has that for me. Like she doesn't hate me. She's not disgusted by me. I think if Amber were to sit down and like really like be honest with herself, I think she blames my absence for some of mm. what she is dealing with. Jeez, I never would have made that parallel, but... Yeah, I wouldn't even call it a pedestal. It's like, in your head, you are you are talking about me like I should have saved you from something, or I could have raised you. Not at all. Yeah, but it was not. For those... Yeah, I am 29, and my sister turns 28 in March, okay? So, like, we are not... That different 
in age. But I see that in her Mm. and I wonder if your mom feels it too. Like she's just mad. She's mad that my mom wasn't more for her. I could definitely see that. Yeah, that's, oh, this is a dynamic of siblings, like those unspoken expectations and boundaries that it's Mm -hmm. heavy, really heavy. I wish I could sit them down and talk to them both because it is, you brought up some really interesting like perspectives that I never would have thought about. And just, I mean, I focus so much time on my mom's own story that I never really looked thought of how it looked from other people. But like for, for me, it was, I hate to say it, a rags to riches to rags story. And now it's kind of like, you know, at that crossroad where, where are you going to go? You've had some amazing highs. You've lived a life that most people never would experience. Like literally neighbors with Oprah, downtown Chicago, like different cars every week, you know, just living this amazing life. And then for that to be taken away and that mental break that comes with that of just like having to move back in with your, your, your grandma who raised you and then have your kid there, like that, that whole psychological thing to now, like there's, you know, substances involved and there's health issues and there's all these different things then to have come in at, come out of that to where she is now, where she now has a degree and she has a career and she still mentally is, I think, 10 years behind. And I think she's like your mom is doing. I think she finally got that switch where it's like, I need to at least pretend to hold it together to get out of this and to rebuild myself. But I don't think she mentally has done that, the healing for it to be as it should be or could be or what she's capable of. Because I mean... I can't, I will accredit everyone in this family. Like there, there are no dunce caps, you know, floating around this family. <laughs> by no, no by any nobody's, means. none of these women are dumb. Okay. They're all very qualified. And basically what it comes down to is we've all had a shit upbringing. The ones we're talking about now did it to us and the ones before them did it to them. Yeah. And you know, this is just where we ended up. But I, the issue I have with my mom, the way she tells her story, and your mom never told the story like this, but I think you just did, yeah. is like that it just kind of like life happened to them. Uh, What? Like, I mean, I'm not saying shit didn't hit the fan. It sounds like shit hit the fan. How different exactly. would my life be if that was my story? Like life just happened to me. I had all these dreams and then my mom was horrible and my dad was an alcoholic. And I just, you know, you have to take responsibility for who you become. Not necessarily what happened to you. I agree. But what you do with it. Yeah. Thank you guys for staying with us and listening and being a part of our first season of our podcast. I am so grateful for you guys. This has been awesome. And Lauren, you are awesome. Mm, I'm excited. I'm pretty excited for season two like i think it's going (laughs) now we have our feet wet on like our our scale of heavy and light and i'm ready to like just blow it away (laughs) oh i'm ready to shock some folks training wheels are off (laughs) and that's the thing this season has opened up a lot of dialogue for people i want to keep that going so next season be prepared to like engage with us even more so 
I love that. I love that so much. I like everything she's saying. I agree. Thank you, listeners. If you have anything you'd like to throw out as an idea for us to talk about for season two, you can send us an email at you should try listening podcast at gmail.com or you can hop on our Instagram, leave a message or a comment. It's uh, at you should try listening, right? Yes. And yeah. Yeah. Thanks for going along for the ride. It's been a good time. Love, peace and chicken grease. Yes. <laughs> Bye.